and welcome to Candy from Strangers. I'm Rebecca. And I'm James. Coming at you with Candid Talk, where we aim to contemplate and journey through the second half, maybe the first half of this life, and help your day or week taste a little bit sweeter. So today is Thanksgiving 2020. So thankful. So very thankful. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we should talk a little bit about our expectations for the day and maybe how we kind of let go of those expectations and then kind of what happened and it wasn't bad. <laughs> we still had to discipline our kids. That's real life. Real life. So that was fun. But as cord cutters, I had to let go of the fact that I couldn't watch the Macy's Day Parade the way I wanted to. <laughs> those rock cats. We got to see them later. So our traditions are have family over, watch the parade, we do the cooking, and um, sometimes there's manic cleaning involved, tensions are high, you know, we have high expectations. I think there's always a bit of performance, you know, when people are over in your home to um, entertain, that kind of a thing. So obviously a lot of people are in the same boat where we're home, places are shut down, and nobody's coming to our house. So looking at that in a positive light, didn't have to clean. (laughs) Not much, we cleaned a little. Yeah, all the dishes because we didn't have any dishwasher detergent oh first world problem. Our nine-year-old's doing the dishes and forgot to tell us we were running out of dish detergent. So there's that. A lot of hand washing. That's all right. Take it in stride. One thing, though, that was new was trying to find um, Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. The Mayflower Voyagers. Yes. Which was part of a Charlie Brown special from like the 1970s. Which we couldn't find. It's not available. Right. I think it should be. But anyhow, so then we ended up, my husband enjoys history. Yes, just a little bit. (laughs) So because I'm looking up everywhere I can find stuff on the Mayflower, there was a walkthrough of the Mayflower 2, which is a mock-up ship of the actual Mayflower. So had the kids watch the YouTube video of walking through the Mayflower 2 and actually talk about how many people lived on that tiny little boat for 10 weeks and what happened and how they died and then we were looking up just information and um james throws out this little stat it's 400 years to the month that the pilgrims landed at plymouth rock right so it's kind of an anniversary year and we were talking about it and while we were looking up this this information with our kids we were learning a lot and there were only how many people on the ship 102 passengers and 30 crew members. Right. And then how many people died that first winter? Half of them. So we're just looking at that, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, 400 years ago? 400 years ago. (laughs) Doesn't seem that far away. I don't know if you're quarantined for 400 years. That's what it feels like. We all feel like it's 400 years right now. But we go on this huge voyage you know, they're looking for a new world, and then this happens. They land, and it's freaking winter, and they have to face hardship. Half of the people die, and like, how do you even survive this? And we've done, you know, history and whatnot with kids in school, and there's squanto, and there's, you know, boiling your shoes so that you can have leather soup. Just the idea of, oh, it's Thanksgiving, and it was such a nice time. It's, no, it wasn't. And here we are at our Thanksgiving in 2020. It's this anniversary type to the to the month, you know. And it's like, man, this year has been such a hardship on so many people. 
And when you go online and of course social media and everybody says, I'll be thankful. Well, I'm so thankful for this and I'm so thankful for that. And it's like, oh my gosh, a lot of people are in situations or have gone through so much where they can't just be thankful and just, you know, think happy thoughts and feel better. And then having the pressure of Thanksgiving and making it great no matter what it takes. And this holiday, it's like, I don't know. What did those poor pilgrims have to say, you know what, this is going to be enough right now. I'm going to put down my my pretense and I'm going to put down my class status of being, you know, number one passenger and go over there and ask this other person, hey, do you have something to eat? Because my family's dead and nobody's here. We can't farm. It's winter. And anyhow. And that's when we started watching a couple of the clips from the people that act at Plymouth colony and their reenactment stuff that they have but realizing that 1620 when they landed that wasn't the first thanksgiving that's when they landed they had to live through the winter survive they had the indigenous peoples that taught them how to live off the land and then they worked their butts off setting up their colony setting up their families for success harvested an amazing harvest the next fall in 1621. Right. So they had to like plant seeds. They had to tend the garden, the soil, the whatever. Hey, if you don't want all the rest of you die off, you better get out here and learn to garden. Like 1620 was not a good year. It was a hard year for the pilgrims. Hello. 1621 was a year of hard work that created a huge harvest that allowed them to celebrate and give thanks for what they've survived. And then we watched Charlie Brown's Great Thanksgiving. And they kept making allusions to uh, Miles Standish, which was one of the guys that was in the Plymouth uh, colony the first which time. I didn't know. I never would have picked up on this random person's name. And they're t- oh, do you know the story of this one guy and Peppermint? Peppermint Patty. She's like, no, I don't know that story. Or, no, it has nothing to do with that story. And I don't know, have any idea what she was talking about. No. And here's my husband. I've heard that name before. Where have I heard that? I have a book. My wife picked me up a couple small, little tiny red-bound pocketbooks They're that were made three like hundred years ago. It looks like. Well, I at, got them at a, um, an antique store on Cannery Row. And one of them is a story written by Robert Louis Stevenson called "The Courtship of Miles Standish," and it's a poem. It's an epic little tiny poem, like a hundred pages long, <laughs> about Miles Standish and his and his courtship, and of course. Like in Peanuts with Charlie Brown, they're talking about Charlie Brown and Peppermint Patty and Marcy is the go-between. And it's <laughs> all a part of a great Thanksgiving tradition. Poor Marcy. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the go-between. Just, it was such an odd feeling to be like, okay, we're going to try and do some traditions. Those aren't going to work. How can we let go of all these expectations and just kind of accept what is and be curious about what's going to happen to not stress out? You know, just kind of let go of it and then actually learn something and then actually benefit from that and think about these pilgrims and then have hope just at the amount of absolute horror they had to live through, like a nightmare, right? And then they're coming out on the other side. They have help from a community that they didn't even know they were going to have. And I think a lot of us are reaching out to other communities through online, through Zoom, um, you know, our poor teachers that are trying to do all of this stuff. Our great teachers. They're doing amazing. I know. Work. Our poor great teachers. I mean, this, they're doing so great. But having to build these new communities that you didn't really know existed until now, right? But there's just so much hope in that. 
looking at their story and how it turned out. And then we're looking at these reenactors and things. And one of the fellows on there is like, I'm an actual descendant. Like, oh, good for you. Like, <laughs> And they did, they threw out some kind of uh, statistic that's between they estimate 25 to 32 million Americans are descendants of the first pilgrims that came over in the Mayflower. Just through time and last 400 years of making families, because through that suffering, they persevered, they grew some character, they learned how to grow some food, <laughs> and they continued to have hope. It, it's something to be said about clinging to hope. That's kind of our goal, I think, with this podcast is to just be a lifeline, throw out some hope. I think we're all just right now these not necessarily lost pilgrims, but things are definitely not as as we expected them to be. And I think if we can just grasp on, cling to what is good and have some hope and build some communities, maybe in places we didn't think we could, you know, hopefully we'll be able to come out next year. It'll still be the 20s. We're so excited to have the 20s back. It'll still be the 20s next year, you know. What's our next segue? What's, I don't know. I'm supposed to have segues. Are we supposed to script this? I don't know. Well, I was really interested in that book, like the story. Could you possibly read us an excerpt from the book that's, I mean, it looks small in my hand. This thing is half the size of a Beatrix Potter made for children's book. So in my hand, it's small. But in my husband's hands, it looks, it looks like I don't even know. A matchbook, a little packet of matches. The courtship of Miles Standish. In the old colony days in Plymouth, the land of the pilgrims, to and fro in a room of a simple and primitive dwelling, clad in doublet and hose and boots of cordovan leather, strode <laughs> with a martial air, Miles Standish, the Puritan captain. Buried in thought, he seemed with his hands behind him and pausing, ever and anon to behold his glittering weapons of warfare hanging in shining array along the walls of this chamber, cutlass and corslet of steel and his trusty sword of Damascus, curved at the point and inscribed with its mystical Arabic sentence, while underneath, in a corner, were a fowling piece, a musket, and matchlock. Short of stature he was, but strongly built and athletic, broad in the shoulders, deep-chested with muscles and sinews of iron. Brown as a nut was his face, but his russet beard was already flaked with patches of snow, as hedges sometimes in November. Near him was seated John Alden, his friend, and household companion, riding with diligent speed at a table of pine by the window. Fair-haired, azure-eyed, with delicate Saxon complexion, having the dew of his youth and the beauty thereof as the captives whom St. Gregory saw and exclaimed, Not angels, but angels. Youngest of all was he of the men who came in the Mayflower. Yeah, Robert Louis Stevenson, talking. Didn't one of the, the people you're reading about, Captain, whoever liked somebody, and he sent so, his second basically to so go. So Miles Standish, the brilliant captain that he is, sent his scribe, John Alden, who just got introduced as the blue-eyed, blonde-haired Saxon, to, <laughs> to go give, like, let a young lady named Priscilla know that he would like to have her hand in marriage. The problem one is John Alden liked this girl, and Priscilla like John Alden, so wrong person to send. Hindsight, twenty twenty. What? That's a phrase. That was already a phrase. That was already a phrase, and this year proved it true. Now here's another epiphany we had. This year was a leap year. Who remembers that? 
why did we get an extra day in 2020? No one needed it. Also, it's like, oh, it was a leap year? Oh, it's like just feels like the world's kind of off kilter. We went into like, you know, the twilight zone. Everybody thought this was going to be a party year because it's the beginning of the new Roaring Twenties. Yeah. Everybody forgot that the Roaring Twenties came off the back of a plague. Wow. Also another epiphany right there. Dang. But this is not a downer. <laughs> Beck, not at all. <laughs> Beck and I see nothing but both good and sour candy in the future, but still candy nonetheless. We have been focusing a lot, and we can see that there is a lot of good coming in the future and that we just need to work on growing and then we'll see a great harvest out of it there's my philosophy for the day that's good philosophy i just want to let people know that like hey you know what you're enough and you're doing enough maybe today wasn't a bag of peaches or maybe something burns or i mean the holidays can be really stressful anyhow layer that with you know the rona and layer that with shutdowns and layer that with quarantine. And it's just a lot for any person to really bear. And so I just want you to know, dear sweet listeners, you're not alone. We're all in it together. At the end of the day, you know, we, we tried to connect with some family members, people we haven't even talked to in a long time, just to reach out. And it's hard to be the one sometimes to say, I'll reach out. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to try. But that's all. That's all we need to do to stand up and try. Try again the next day, you know. If you tried to make a turkey and it didn't work out, I'm telling you that you tried and that was enough. If you showed up and you brought pumpkin pie that was store-bought, that's enough. You did a good job. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to hear, you know what, you did a good job. It's been a, it's been a long year and here we are. We're almost to the end of it. And you don't need to dump a bunch of goals on yourself and a bunch of extra have-tos. Just take a minute, take a breath and think back on everything you've just come through and it's been enough so here we are at the end of the day and we tucked our littles in bed and we're trying to um have a couple zoom calls with family and only a couple people called in but it was fine and i i put a little blurb on there i said i know everybody's busy today like today was probably not the best day to like hey let's talk the point was just to pop into a zoom call say hi it's good to see your face and hear your voice for a second i gotta go you know do whatever mashed potatoes that's it. No big expectation. And then also, not a lot of people, you know, called in. And it didn't really bother me. Like, I thought, oh, nobody's going to love me or call. I was worried ahead of time. Like, what if too many people call in? Or these, these family members don't know those family members because we have two sides and our cousins. And then what, what about our good friends who are like extended family, but not everybody knows? Just all the stress and worry, the what ifs. And it was like, let it go. Just extend the invitation. Don't not try because it might not work out. Right? try anyway. And so we had a couple conversations with some family members and it just, it felt good just to sit our computer on the table and be like, blah, 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 you know, just chit chatting as if they were there with us. And it just felt good to hear somebody's voice and to see what they were doing and say hi for a minute. But here at the end of the day, tucking the littles in and I'm telling one of my kids, you know, hey, you know what? I'm thankful for you. And today was a really great day because mommy didn't have to do absolutely everything herself. We all helped out. We all learned something in the kitchen. Everybody had a task to do. I doled out the tasks, and we were all in it together. And I think sometimes, for me, that's a trap, where I think everything has to be just so, just perfect. I have to think of everything before we can move forward. And I really try to let that go and allow other people to be in the space and allow other people to help. And, you know, well, if you don't cut the cranberry jelly, 
a certain way. It's not going to be ruined. Like, it's okay. Here, go ahead and let the kid do that, you know? And being able to hug her and tuck her in bed and say, I'm thankful for you. And today was a really good day. You guys, like her whole little body relaxed in my arms. Just oh, like the relief. And I didn't even think about this. She had expectations for the day. She wanted me to have a good day. She was really worried that it wasn't going to be a good Thanksgiving. I think she was really tense and upset about it. But she doesn't know how to voice that stuff. All she's doing is trying. She's showing up. I'm saying, hey, peel these potatoes. Okay, let me learn to use the peeler. But like to actually give her that affirmation at the end of the day and say, oh, you're enough. This was enough. Today was actually good. Even though people got in trouble and even though this, that, and the other. But today was a really good day. Happy Thanksgiving. Good night. And to just feel her just, oh, just relax. And the relief that was there, it was good. So I just want to share that with our listeners. Like, hey, today might have been not what you expected, not what you'd hoped for, but you did enough. If you tried, if you showed up, and that's all that you could do today, that still was your best today. So good job. Happy Thanksgiving and good night. She said it really well. <laughs> good night.